is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Glad to be back. Uh, joining us is last week's uh, host of the program, uh, Greg Snow. Appreciate him uh, stepping in, as he usually does, uh, when I'm uh, out of town or unable to make it and gone up to North Dakota last week and back. And happy to be here, Greg, as we get set for the prep football season, which begins this week. Are you on the coverage on Friday night for us on Big Country? Uh, no, I don't think I am. Ah. Um, I think Evan's taken that one over. All I think right. we've talked about this. My life has been a little topsy turvy. Yes, uh, with uh, with everything going on, and again, it, it's a, just a stage of life. We'll get through it. I can't wait <laughs> to get back to the football, right. and I probably will down the road in future weeks. But uh, Bold plays Wyndham in Week One. Todd, who does Wilmer have? Uh, Wilmer has Big Lake, and they play on Thursday instead of on Friday. So I was talking about it with Bill a little bit this morning, but I'm hearing from people we might see more Thursday games as we go along here over the next uh, years uh, because of a lack of officials. They maybe will have weekends where they don't have enough officiating crews and they have to move some games to Thursday. Uh, Wilmer's second-to-last game of the season originally was scheduled for a Thursday night uh, due to this, but they've been able to now move it back to Friday uh, since their season opener is on Thursday this week. This week was not because of the officiating. There was something going on with the Big Lake coaching staff. They wanted to play on Thursday, and Wilmer agreed to that. But, uh, you know, again, it's a situation where we need people to step up and start officiating. Well, you must have listened to our Tuesday podcast, Todd, because I had Ryan Blosky on. Ah. Uh, we were talking about this exact same thing and how they have, I think, is it two Thursday games or is it three? Uh, no, just one. Uh, as oh, okay. I, is there a Saturday game? No, no, there isn't. Oh. Uh, there was okay. originally a second Thursday game, but they moved it back to Friday again. So okay. they played so this week Thursday, though. a little bit about about this issue, and yep. we started talking about all the workers it takes, you know, yep. to have yep. these things, and we, we, we need some people to step up. It's not just officials, it's all areas, and yeah, I he mentioned that it being officiating is kind of being the number one deal. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there just aren't as many football crews out there, uh, and in football, you, you travel with your crew. It's something like basketball, where a lot of times you see different people with different people at different games. Yeah. Well, in football, as many know, it's, it's an entire crew. It's, it's your group. Yep. And you do your 10 games together or nine games, depending on how deep you go into the playoffs. And that's it. Those are your guys. And so there's just not as many crews. And, Todd, it, I don't know that it's about the heckling that they're getting or the pay versus the time away. Um, it, it really doesn't matter. If you have a passion for football or any other sport and you're out there sitting at home on a Thursday night, Friday night, something, think about this as an option. These kids are pretty soon they're going to end up canceling more games. Yeah. Or rescheduling. And, you know, high school football's for Friday nights. That's when everybody can be there. The guys don't have to get up the next morning and go to class after, uh, you know, a very physical night the night before. It's really for Friday nights, so we hope most of those games uh, can remain there. And, you know, we may need some help. Uh, do, do need some help with the officiating to make sure uh, that that continues. Anyway, looking forward to that uh, coming up uh, starting on Thursday night. We'll have the Cardinals uh, here on KWLM. Uh, did you watch any of the FedEx Cup yesterday? Oh, yeah. 
I was intrigued by it. Hey, Todd, I found Victor kind of a guy to cheer for. Yeah. I don't know how you feel. And I think it's very been very well documented on this podcast and in other areas that I don't cheer for foreigners. Right. I typically always cheer for the Americans. Sure. I try to have one of those guys. I want them to win. I found myself cheering for Victor yesterday. Yeah, nice guy. I, I don't get it. Yeah, he's, he's just a good guy, and he's got so much game. Uh, holy cats. You know, for a while, at the start, he's only 25 years old, for crying out loud. It seems like he's been on tour for 10 years already because he's been on so many leaderboards since coming out of Oklahoma State. Norwegian, uh, I have a lot of Norwegian heritage, so I, I enjoy seeing finally a Norwegian actually be a, a, a contender on the world stage. He's the first uh, to win on the PGA Tour, the first to win on the DP World Tour. Uh, he was the first Ryder Cup member uh, from Norway. Yeah, he's an easy guy uh, to pull for, and he just kind of dominated. I mean, uh, you know, he finishes well ahead of uh, uh, of Xander Shoffley, who actually shot the same score. They both were 19 under par on the course, but Victor started out with more shots, so he wins by five. Uh, again, uh, I would have loved to have seen a playoff between those two guys. I, I, I still would like to see a tournament champion and a FedEx Cup champion. I'm more used to the staggered scoring now. I was never one who hated that they would have, well, here's the tournament champ, and here's the FedEx Cup champ. That never bothered me. It bothered the PGA Tour. They didn't like the awkwardness of it, especially when it was Tiger and Phil uh, several years ago that were the two guys uh, that were standing up there. But um, I still, I think Xander Shoffley should have had a chance to win the tournament. He tied with Hovland at 19-under. You brought up a really good point that I, I'm glad you opened this door because I want to talk about this a little bit. Um, so there's been a lot of people complaining how confusing it is. I've even heard it on media outlets. It's so confusing. And, then, and I sit there and I go, well, wait a minute. About seven, eight years ago, they changed this because you said the other way was too confusing. Yeah. So if all this is too confusing for you, well, guess what? There's no other solution. It's going back to how you wanted it, Todd, which, or how you liked it, which I didn't mind either. Yep. I was fine with two winners up there. Yeah. And one guy holding the FedEx Cup, another guy. And then having uh, the guy up there, uh, um, Rich Sands or whatever his name is, doing all the, the points. And, oh, he could jump to here. and He might win the yeah. tournament, but he's not going to get enough points. I thought that was so cool. But then they tried to simplify it. They said, okay, everybody will just start at a different number, and then the winner is the winner at the end. Yep. And now we're hearing it's confusing. I don't like – I mean – I don't know which way people want it, Todd. And this is, I'm not saying this about you. I'm saying this yeah. the media. The national media is grumbling about this. And I'm just, I'm, I've had it up to my neck on it of going, what do you guys want? Yeah. Because you're not, you can't have your cake and eat it too. And when they're playing for this much money, I would think that the FedEx people would actually have a little bit of say in this, how they want their money dispersed. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they like this, that there is only the one uh, champion. To me, it's pretty simple how it is now. I, I don't find it confusing at all. Not once you get to Sunday. Thursday, it looks really goofy, having uh, you know Scheffler be on the front nine and he's already 13 under par or whatever he was right away sure. uh, out of the gate. Uh, that looks goofy. But by the time they get to Sunday, it's kind of erased. I mean, the, the scrooks are kind of blended in. Uh, so it, it doesn't bother me by Sunday. I'm, I'm fine with it either way. I just like the first way better. You know, I, I, I'm kind of with the players. Like uh, Scotty Scheffler talked about it. He said, well, John Rahm has had the best year, and yet I get to start ahead of him in strokes. He said, don't get me wrong, I'll take the strokes. 
but he said, I feel like John Rahm should should have some kind of an advantage. He's had a terrific season, so uh, I don't know that the players necessarily like it that much. And bottom line is, we aren't going to have another Tiger and Phil standing up there, two guys that had that huge rivalry. We aren't going to have a Brooks and Bryson standing up there making a split because they're not on the tour anymore. I don't see a major man-to-man rivalry where the two guys would resent the other one standing up there at the same time anymore. You nailed that, Todd. They're all buddies. Yeah. They're all good buddies now. Nobody can stand up there and go, oh. And again, I I don't know that that's a bad thing because I think I've heard this in baseball. You maybe have too, Todd, where now they're hanging out at each other's batting cages. And that used to never be the case. It used to be a, I want to beat that guy's brains. And you're right, we're not going to see that anymore. So they could go back very easily, have two guys arm in arm up there, and it would be... It would be so much fun. I, I, again, I don't really care one way or the other. I don't have a uh, horse in the race on either one. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that I, I do want to take. Uh, I want to ask your thoughts on a couple comments of John Rom saying, uh, "We don't do this for the money. Any, yeah. We're not playing this for the money." Yeah. Did you hear him say that? I, I did. I didn't think it was disingenuous. I think what he, to me, it was more of. Uh, we aren't standing over a putt thinking about it being worth several hundred thousand dollars if we make or miss. That I believe. Uh, of course, they play for the money. That's what they do for their profession. But I think it was more, it doesn't come into his mind during the round. Uh, don't you feel like that's kind of what he was indicating? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I, I felt it came off a little disingenuous because, okay. again, it, it, it came off to me as you're forgetting about that guy who's 30th on that money list who it would be life-changing for him. He barely squeaked in. And, yes, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, you guys are living comfortably. You don't have to worry about making that one little putt. Yeah. But that guy who just finished in there, he's definitely thinking about that $18 million and what that could do in his life and for his family and for all those things. So it came a little bit, but I, I, I'm fine with it. I think John Rahm is actually a decent dude. You know I've never been a big fan of John, yeah. but I think he's a decent dude. I just wish that these guys would recognize where the rest of the world sees money. And I, I think sometimes they just they get into their bubble and they forget that I, we're talking about that guy who's making $55,000 a year uh, being a plumber, watching this on tour and going, oh, come on. Hmm. You're not thinking about that at all because the guy making 55 is thinking about how do I make three bucks an hour more. Yeah. Anyways, all that being equal, the professional world is a different world than we live in, right? Yep. And I know that they're never going to say all the right things and they're never going to please us all perfectly with their answers. I think we've said many times, Todd, we love the brutal honesty. So I think John Rahm was saying that. He doesn't stand over a putt and think, oh my, if I miss this, that's fifty thousand dollars out of my pocket, yeah. eighty thousand. Like you and I might standing over an eight footer at the on the last hole, going, "I might lose ten bucks to my buddy." I know. I gotta make this. I'm more nervous about that. Yeah, <laughs> than he is over exactly. over putts worth I've hundreds of that. thousands. I've, it's funny how a week later or two days later, I'll laugh at it, going, "What were you? Why were you nervous over that?" Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. That is $10. Goodness, yeah. I just stopped at Taco Bell and got two burritos, and it's $10. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it, it is a different world, and, and and he did admit. Now, he said, I will say this. I, I, I was very fortunate to have a lot of early success and secured my financial future early in my career. So he said, it 
probably I'm in a good spot uh, better than some others on tour. He did say that as well. So at least he does understand that it's easy to say if I miss a putt for hundreds of thousands of dollars, it isn't as big a deal uh, when you already have millions in the bank, you already have two majors, you already have multiple wins. His his spot on the tour is secured, so clearly there's not as much pressure on him, and he doesn't have to think about the money. Uh, but those guys who are just outside. So the top 50 from here on have a huge advantage the next yep. season over everybody else. And Justin Thomas didn't make the top 50 in the FedEx. He didn't get into those final two tournaments. They have created two tours that begins next year. There's the major leagues, then there's quadruple A, and that's kind of these non-designated and signature events. Those There'll be a lot of guys playing in those large field events that are 140, 150 players that won't have uh, very many of the top-name guys in it. Uh, those will be the secondary events, like the 3M Open uh, is. Uh, and then uh, and then there's the, the AAA, which is the Corn Ferry Tour. So they've created a quadruple-A-level tour within the tour, and that starts next year. And if you're outside the top 50, it's not that easy to get inside the top 50. Todd, who's your player of the year? I've got some thoughts on this, but which guy would you pick right now? I'd, I'd probably take. Uh, I'd probably have to take Rom. I can't take Scheffler with how he tanked here at the end of the year. I know the guy can't so make bad. a putt. He can't make a putt uh, to save his life. He's like a hundred and thirtieth. Uh, on the tour and putting. Amazing. He's so good. The best ball striker we've seen probably since Tiger Woods. But he but he just has been unable to make key putts. So I can't pick him. Yeah, I, I think a recency bias has a lot of people forgetting how good John Rahm was at the beginning of the season. Yeah, he dominated. And when you take a look at when you take a look at um, you know player of the year, you gotta look at the the whole of it. And I, I said that to somebody yesterday. I said, it's probably got to be Rom. Yeah. Again, it'd be easy to sit there and say Victor, but until up until these last two weeks, yeah. he was kind of pedestrian. Yeah. And then I think of Lucas Glover, and I think, well, we just think that guys that went back-to-back, they just, you know what, they go way up on the list. Well, Lucas did nothing the rest of the year. Yeah. So it really comes down to Rom and Scheffler, in my mind, and I'm with you. Yeah. I'm picking Ron that he'll win the the player of the year. Yeah. All right. So how about this? I know you talk. We've talked Ryder Cup quite a bit. And who's going to be on the team? We're finally done gathering points for the Ryder Cup. I'm not sure when the announcement show is that they have. They have a show on on uh, the Golf Channel that that announces the rest of the players. But the six that have qualified for the U.S. team uh, include Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantley, Max Homan, and Xander Shoffley. Uh, not the guys you would have normally had as the automatic qualifiers. There are some guys on the outside looking in. So Brooks Kepka falls out of an automatic qualifier spot. He's now seventh. That's where he's finished. No more points are available uh, for the Ryder Cup team. Kepka's not an automatic qualifier. Does he get a spot on the team, do you think? Todd, I think I'm looking this up right now. I think the fix are tomorrow. Are they tomorrow? All right. I, I'm look, I'm gonna give me a second, but yeah. I don't know how Zach doesn't pick Brooksy. I I I mean, my mind goes to this that he's he's gonna just pick all non-live guys to make to make a statement, and then I sit there and I go, no, he can't do that because he's already said Brooksy's earned his spot. Well, wait a minute, um, maybe he didn't earn his spot. He's now seventh because you're right, Wyndham Clark and. Um, and uh, the lefty Harmon 
have thrown a monkey wrench into this whole thing. They have messed up the good old boy system, right? Yep. How do we how do we handle all this, and how do we move forward with these guys? So yeah, I, he has to pick Brooks. He has to pick Speed. He has to pick Cameron Young. He has to pick Morikawa. Then it gets dicey. Keegan at eleven, Burns at twelve. I can see those being flopped out for Fowler and Thomas. I really think he's going to get. I don't know if you want to say uh, his, you know, what did they used to call it, Todd, when they put your arm behind your back and then lifted it up as high as they can? <laughs> make you cry, I, uncle. <laughs> yeah, make you cry. I think they might do that to Zach with Justin. Yeah. I, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I, I, you know, everybody likes him so well. And you know what? There is something to chemistry. There is something to have. Uh, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth are a force in, in matches in the Ryder Cup or in the President's Cup. Those two guys play extremely well together. So there's certainly going to be uh, some thoughts that, that he should uh, be on the team. Uh, yeah, I think it's Fowler and JT uh, in for the guys that you mentioned, Bradley and Burns out. I, I'm with you on that. I think those guys get in, and uh, then that's your team. And Kepka does make it. Nobody else from, uh, from the Live Tour will even be considered uh, so he's the only one that's really made a strong case uh, to be on the squad, and and I, I don't think you can leave him off either. Yep, I'm with I'm with you, JT and Fowler in Bradley and Burns out. So he's going to get asked. First question is going to be about Bryson. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I would guess that would be one of his top ones. How is he going to answer that one, Todd? Why didn't you take Bryson DeChambeau? Yeah. What did Bryson? The question will probably be something like. Did you ever consider taking Bryson DeChambeau? Yeah. And he is he going to dodge that? Is he going to say, oh, yeah, we considered it? I oh, think. Gonna hand, I'm just super curious because that, to me, is the biggest live name off. Yes. I don't think Dustin's in the conversation like I, like I thought he was maybe a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I think that he would have needed to win one of these last few events on Live to really get back in there. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? I don't know if they're watching the Live tournaments at all. I, I'm not. I think the first question he gets asked about guys. I mean, he's 54th in Ryder Cup points, Bryson DeChambeau. So then you do seriously have to take into account his Live golf events. And I don't think the old timers on the PGA Tour think that the Live Tour events are something that should really be considered. Because they're all uh, very small fields, forty-eight guys. Uh, they're they're uh, you know they only play three rounds. Uh, I think that that they, that uh, DeChambeau was never even considered, and I don't think he will be. I think if they leave, if indeed they take Bradley and Burns off, they might ask uh, more about them. They might ask why uh, Tony Finau uh, isn't on as well. I'm not so sure DeChambeau is the is the biggest. Uh, Wow, is he the biggest snub in general? Maybe. Is he the biggest snub uh, from the Live Tour that wouldn't get on? Definitely. But I guess I don't look at it really as a snub with DeChambeau. 54th in Ryder Cup points. Kepka's 7th. You know, so play well in the majors and you get Ryder Cup points. And DeChambeau didn't do it. Can't wait to see it, Todd. That's right. Snow, uh, Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Have a great day, buddy. Greg Snow joining us on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.